Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we are talking all about trauma bonding. And this is an interesting topic because it's not one that most people are familiar with. But once we start to open up the dialogue a little bit, it's something that I'm sure almost every single one of you can either relate to on a personal level or having witnessed someone close to you experience or go through what is known as a trauma bond. And it's very much connected to last week's episode on attachment theory because it is a form of attachment. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to check that out as a prequel to this week's episode. So last week we discussed healthy versus unhealthy forms of attachment and the importance of forming secure attachments in our childhood. Now in adulthood, we still need secure attachments, but the source from which they come from changes. So we talked about how in children, their primary caregivers become the basis for a secure source of attachment. But in our adult age, each and every one of the relationships that we form is a source of attachment. And they fulfill various aspects of what we need in life, resulting in the various dynamics that we form within these relationships. So an interesting point to note here is that although early attachment styles create almost a prototype for our future relationships, our experiences in adulthood can actually cause us to shift our attachment style. So even if you have a great childhood, a damaging toxic relationship can be pivotal in terms of shifting you to a completely new form of attachment and then the downward stream effects of that, which is feeling unsafe, disempowered, and distrusting of people. Now, if you were to look up the word trauma, you'll find that it includes any situation that causes either physical, emotional, or spiritual stress or harm. And the reason why I bring this up is because Every single one of us can share at least one relationship experience within our adult life that was a stressful or hurtful experience. Now, the extent of the trauma differs depending on how enmeshed we are with the other individual and that level of betrayal that takes place. So I'm highlighting this because I know I discuss um, the effects of trauma quite a bit, but a lot of people, I think, brush it off because they think that it's not something that has affected them in their life. So now trauma bond specifically, the definition of a trauma bond is a a dysfunctional attachment that occurs in the presence of danger, shame, or exploitation. So these are often relationship dynamics whereby one individual is misusing or abusing the other partner in the relationship. And if you were to do your own search on trauma bonds, you'll find that it often goes hand in hand with another term, which is known as narcissistic personality disorder. And those are the individuals often who are inflicting this level of trauma on the other member of the relationship. So the theme of trauma bonds is often idealization and disharmony. So it's a very unhealthy pattern that involves a repetitive cycle of inconsistent behavior, chaos, and devaluing the other individual. Trauma bonds are often very intense, overwhelming, and fast-paced. And the intensity of the connections can often be mistaken for intense chemistry or sexual chemistry. 
And we'll dive a little bit deeper into that when we look at kind of the physiology behind this. Now, the hallmark of trauma bonds is this cyclical nature of abuse. So there's abuse and power with elements of deception, betrayal, seduction, and then the abusive behavior that takes place is often followed by affectionate behavior. So really extreme examples would include um, members of cults, hostage situations, very codependent relationships, and domestic violence. So it's often one of those relationships that termed as a love-hate relationship, but really it has nothing to do with love at all. It's just the abuse is being confused for love and care. So individuals that experience trauma bonds will feel an indescribable sense of loyalty to the person that they're involved with. So it's this inability to detach, which results in self-destructive denial of the fact that there's abuse present, the fact that there's betrayal and chaos present within the relationship. So when a trauma bond is broken, there's a huge level of devastation. So in comparison to a healthy relationship, a healthy normal relationship that is to end mutually does involve some level of grief, but there isn't this deep sense of devastation that goes along with the ending of a trauma bond. So just a really quick note in terms of trauma, trauma affects people in different ways. And the response that we have to it can vary quite vastly. So there is this trauma reaction that can take place with unresolved traumatic experiences where it involves constant flashbacks and intrusive thoughts, disturbed sleep patterns. And then there's other forms of responses which involve um, pleasure seeking. So this could be seeking extreme danger or highly risky behavior. Other people respond by numbing themselves or blocking out the trauma altogether. And then that can manifest itself um, in other ways, such as compulsive eating, excessive sleep, and even substance abuse. So now based on that definition, I'm sure that you guys have a pretty clear idea as to whether or not a relationship involves trauma bonding, but I wanted to specifically go over some distinct signs of a trauma bond. So these types of relationship dynamics often involve obsessing over the person who's hurt you. And that might include even long after they're gone, you might continue to contact them, even though you know that it causes you pain. Everyone around you may be telling you that the relationship is unhealthy, but you find yourself making excuses or defending the person that you're involved with. So there's this holding on to hope of change, even though there's never been any evidence for it. You might find yourself obsessing over proving others wrong about the relationship. There might be a difficulty detaching from this person, even though you don't trust them or sometimes even like them. But again, it involves this level of devastation that can take place if you were to detach from this person. So you might find yourself missing the relationship, even though you know and you recognize that it was highly destructive. So you may find that either yourself or the person that you're involved with blames you for the failure of the relationship. You may be keeping secrets about bad behavior within the relationship and then justifying that with the good that takes place every once in a while. And the relationship is constantly based on broken promises. And so there's this high state of alert because you're pretty much in a constant state of a stress response, which down the line can manifest as 
a sense of distrust, and even your own judgment. Another key element to a trauma-bonded relationship is this unhealthy sense of empathy towards the other person. So you might find yourself constantly justifying their behavior based on the experiences that they had or the stories that they've shared with you. So you might say, oh, well, they've had a really hard life and that's why they act the way that they do. So now I want to do a really quick overview of what is going on physiologically within these dynamics. So at birth, only primitive structures like the brainstem are fully functioning. And the brainstem is what regulates our fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. And early experiences begin to wire the brain circuitry like the temporal lobes, which are responsible for regulating emotions and receiving sensory input. So this results in both emotional and cognitive issues. So that's pretty much our ability to feel and think. There's also a rush of neurochemicals that almost becomes addictive, which really strengthens and helps solidify these attachments to trauma. So you become quite literally addicted to the heightened emotional response of the trauma. So this is why individuals who've been in abusive relationships in the past might find safe and healthy relationships to be almost boring because they, A, are not used to a normal pattern of behavior and B, it doesn't have that same neurochemical rush of the stress response. So you're mistaking a stress response for a deep connection. So something to keep in mind is that trauma can be a one-time event with a massive impact or small events that acclimatize without our conscious awareness that leave these emotional scars that can be so deep that generations to follow react in a way that reflects the original trauma. And I discussed this concept in depth in my episode on the genetics of trauma. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can check out that episode as well. So why do people hang on to relationships that have these undercurrents of subtle or even explicit toxicity? One of the primary reasons boils back down to the physiology of addiction. So I discussed that neurochemical high that takes place with the stress response. So quite literally, these individuals are addicted to that neurochemical rush. Another really important factor is our experiences in childhood. So if we had a dysfunctional childhood with patterns of unhealthy behavior and almost a chaotic environment in which we grew up in, that becomes our norm for the standard of relationships. So when we encounter these dysfunctional patterns in what we discussed as a trauma bond, there's this sense of familiarity. So you recognize something within this relationship that is deeply ingrained within you and you mistake that for thinking that it's something that's meant to be or that this person feels familiar to you in some way that you can't really um, bring into your conscious awareness or put a label and name to. So some examples of this would include if you were in a dynamic early on in life where there was this sense of unpredictability You might find that to be normal if you experience that in adult life in a relationship where your partner is very unpredictable. You might think that that is in fact the way that it should be. Or if you grow up in an environment where you were, you felt disregarded, you might then grow up to think that any form of rejection or mistreatment in a relationship is normal because it feels familiar to you when in fact you're repeating toxic patterns. So a really clear distinction that I want to make is that this sense of familiarity isn't always associated with toxic relationships, that in fact, you can feel this level of familiarity with complete strangers 
in a healthy relationship that's based on a soul deep connection. But the biggest distinction here is that the difference between a healthy familiarity is that it's often followed by a sense of peace and comfort versus that toxic familiarity is followed by a lot of confusion and anxiety. So another reason that people often stay in these toxic relationships is based on various needs. So some people have this very strong need to make relationships work based on some of their deeply rooted beliefs around failure and their sense of worth. And for others, it really boils down to this whole idea of you can't do better if you don't know better. So you crave the same old toxic patterns because that's your standard of normal. And even if it's not normal and you recognize that on a conscious level, it satisfies a deep need of yours just enough that it becomes an addiction. And all of our needs are different. For some people, it's a need for approval. For some, it's a sense of belonging, acceptance, or love. So you find an individual that regardless of how toxic the dynamic is, they almost scratch this itch that you have deep within just enough that it makes you want to hang on to it more and more. So now how do we heal these dynamics? The first step is to admit and to acknowledge that there's abusive behavior present. You don't want to sugarcoat it and you want to really step outside of this pattern of denial and really be honest with yourself about the dynamic that is taking place between you and this individual. You want to admit to yourself that what you're experiencing is unhealthy and then allow yourself to grieve both the loss of the relationship and more importantly, the part of you that you lost in the midst of this traumatic experience. Another key element towards healing from these traumatic experiences is maintaining a no contact rule. So not going back for any reason, letting go of those unhealthy patterns of loyalty and empathy that we discussed, and then beginning to learn about detaching and releasing techniques to really help make this journey easier for you in terms of letting go and making letting go an art form that becomes almost second nature to you. And then the final aspect towards healing these dynamics is forgiveness, forgiving both yourself and the other person involved so that you can begin to step away and into a new chapter of your life. So as per usual, I want to leave you guys with some prompts to reflect on this week's topic to recognize whether you were in a trauma bond in a past relationship or currently experiencing one. So if you like, you can jot them down or just silently reflect on them within. So the first one is, is your relationship chaotic or unpredictable? And does this repeat a pattern with a caregiver in your childhood? Are you sacrificing or betraying anything in your life to make this relationship work? Does your relationship feel like a roller coaster of emotions? And most importantly, I want you to think of a younger person in your life who you care about very deeply and ask yourself if they were going through this exact relationship, would you tell them to stay or to leave? All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul podcast, and I look forward to sharing next week's topic with you.